Welcome back, Kittitas Valley Sports Talk fans, to another episode of your Kittitas Valley Sports Talk podcast. I am Eric Sorensen, joined by Sammy Henderson, Thugs and Hugs John Goodat. Welcome back to the podcast, fellas. Good to be back. We we are on Zoom today because life's crazy, and that we proved that with the last few months of our schedule of, of how many times we recorded because... I still feel like it was it's February and we're just getting ready for a baseball season, spring sports, uh, and all of a sudden, boom, May's here and state championship weeks upon us. And I was thinking, I haven't talked to these guys in a while. Maybe we should maybe we should we should, we should get together and have a chat. Maybe we should hang out a little bit. Yeah, <laughs> I know. So for oh, go ahead. Oh, sorry. I was saying all of our schedules get quite busy when the when the sun starts to come out. It never really came out this year yet. We're hoping this week that we might get spring weather, uh, but. It, it's it is a it's a chaotic time, especially when season starts, farming starts. It's it's just nuts. <laughs> I tell you what, it's been freaking cold, way too cold. But it hasn't been that windy yet. Whoa, there was a <laughs> there was a I remember a week of snow during the middle of our season, and I literally was like in the middle of April. We had a snowstorm. There was a day that there was a wind gust of eighty miles an hour at the airport. And it hit our field twenty minutes later, just in the middle, in like the first half hour of practice. It's been flat and miserable this year. Like, why, why kids even want to play spring sports right now? As much as we want them to do it, dude, they've been freezing their butts off this spring. Plus, didn't you have a trip where it was snowing up here, but it wasn't snowing in Sunnyside? And then by the time you went there, it was snowing, and they're like, "Yeah, you just wasted a bunch of gas. Game canceled." Yeah, so we went. We left before we left the parking lot. Coach, uh, Coach Tyler Anza Alseth. I hope it says last name right. Good guy. And it was going to be a wood bat game too. But uh, he texted me a picture of the field. It's gorgeous. Come on down. And it's dumping snow in Kittitas. We get on the freeway. There's like four or five accidents on I-82 on the way there. And there's like literally we were in the storm from Kittitas going to Sunnyside. We get to the parking lot. They're warming up, ready to roll. It's beautiful. And within ten minutes, there was enough hail to cover the entire field. And he said, what do you want to do? I was like, I, there was like five accidents on the way here, and I kind of think we need to get home in the daylight. I think we're going to go home. And he was like, I think that's a good idea. We get back to Kittitas. He sends me a picture. Uh, it's gorgeous now, and the field's just fine. God dang it. <laughs> we just couldn't win win with any, like, we had no good luck with uh, how, how things out of our control went. But that's spring sports. Yeah. Yeah, yeah but this spring is especially weird. Like, I, I had a soccer tournament in Yakima this weekend. And it went from 70 and sunny to people being sunburnt to cloud coming. There was many tornadoes and umbrellas were flying a hundred feet in the sky, like just whipped up and then hail starts falling and then it goes away and then it rains again. There's thunder and there's lightning and then it's 74 degrees. And that basically is how our entire spring went. It was very unpredictable. Oh my gosh. We had nicer days in March than we did April and May. Oh, true. <laughs> oh, it was a fight, man. And then the amount, and it was usually like, okay, there's going to be a game day. And I'd have friends that would text me, hey, you guys playing on Friday? I'm like, yeah, why? why? And like, well, our weather says they're supposed to be like 50 mile an hour gust. I was like, well, sweet. <laughs> that sounds, why not? You know, <laughs> but, but no, we got uh, some exciting times going on. I know we got, there's so much that there is to cover in this valley right now. 
but we're not going to have time to cover everything today. So we are going to stick to the diamond sports for the high school ranks this week. And we have three teams heading down to this to yet. Actually, they're all going to Yakima to play in the state tournament. We had Ellensburg Bulldogs uh, softball. We'll talk some more about this here in a minute. They're, they're heading down in a double elimination right away um, tournament. Let's see. They're going to play Shadow Park in, at 12 o'clock on Friday, I believe. You got Kittitas softball heading down to, to – so Ellensburg softball is playing in Sela. Kittitas softball is playing in uh, at the Gateway Sports Complex there in Yakima. The one on the freeway. You see off the side by, around the, the, the racetrack. They take on Forks in a first-round loser-out game, but then they go into a double elimination if they win that. Um, and then you got Ellensburg Bulldogs, who come out as the three-seed, I believe, in the tournament. And we're going to get into some of the seeding stuff later, but they have their first round, and if I can find the bracket on here, um, they head down to Yakima Davis High School. In the first round, they beat Shelton on a walk-off triple. Then they take on Enumclaw in the game two and beat him 10-3. to and so now they take on Columbia River in the final four. Ellensburg Bulldogs, I mean, they're back in the final four. It's just a thing that, like, hey, uh, come this Memorial Weekend, Ellensburg's going to be sitting in County Stadium trying to, to bring some trophies home. Which just shows the dominance of the program. It's been, you know, the state has been dominated by Ellensburg. Let's see, three state championships since 2014, correct me if I'm wrong. And then I think in 15, they were second place. That, I mean... It just shows the longevity of the program. They're not just a a one and done kind of team. I mean, that's just incredible. Absolutely, and they're they are the three seed. They take on the number two Columbia River, who I hear's got a dude. But at this point in the in the tournament, everybody's got a dude, right? Like you're going to see a guy, especially in the bigger schools. You're going to see a guy that's probably committed D one. He probably throws ninety plus, and it's just part of where you're at in the in the world of baseball these days. We're going to see many future Eric Sorensons is what you're telling me. <laughs> no, these guys are throwing 90, not 80 poo. <laughs> or 70 poo. <laughs> yeah. Well, like in the 2B ranks, they got um, – uh, well, I, I guess I'm familiar with that. And we were talking off the air. I mean, like Colfax, who was a 13 seed, t- heads down there. And a buddy of mine, Scott Parrish, the head coach, they're taking on a Tootle Lake, who a 2B program has a guy sitting 96 who's going to get drafted in the second or third round. And they say his RPM on his on his on the you know they on the the way they can do things and how fast the ball spins, he has the highest RPM in the country. And and that's who you're gonna you might get in the first round. Like, dude, the, the game of baseball changing, especially in our state and how many guys there's a lot of talent out there, I'll tell you what. So coming from somebody who, you know, has played a lot of, you've seen a lot of baseball, but you've played when you're in high school and you see somebody throwing 90, 92 miles an hour, is that majorly different than like 80? Oh yeah. Well, in our league, I mean, we're on a, on a normal average year, the average fastball in the B levels is probably 70 to 76, maybe miles an hour. You know, we, I don't think we saw a guy over 70. Well, we, the Royal city had a guy this year that threw probably 80, but no one else. And then all of a sudden, like when the when the preps of the world are bringing Logan Mercado throwing 90, and you're like, that's a different world, <laughs> right? The ball right. goes a little bit faster, and it sounds different when it goes by you. And it hurts wow. if you hit it on the wrong part of the bat. Yeah. The sting factor, it hurts real bad. <laughs> yes, it hurts real bad. Yeah. So when you're looking at – let's we'll talk about Ellensburg here in a second, but when you're looking at the 2B tournament, 
you've either seen some of these teams or you know of them and stuff like that. So you got Chewila and Brewster on the top end and then Colfax and Tuda Lake. Mm-hmm. I mean, do you have do you have a an idea that Tuda Lake, it seems like targets on their back. The odds are they gotta be the odds on favorite. Yeah, I think all the pressures in their court, you have Chewila is the gonna be the the dark horse because no one's seen him except for teams over on the on the far east side of our state. Uh, you got Brewster, who's always good at baseball. Um, they played it, and they beat a tough Kalama team who, you know, Kalama's got athletes that are, they, they know where the weight room's at, and they know how to work out. Um, but the dark horse is Colfax. I mean, they beat a Napa Vine team who they lost to earlier in the season in a, in a non-league game at our place, actually. Um they took an unfortunate ball off the head to their center fielder and kind of lost it. But then you got, but then they knock off Northwest Christian Colbert, who's a five seed, who was like that team's going to be there at the end. And I don't know. I think he got it, it, okay. So like if if Tootle throws their guy, Colfax, they just have to have the right. I mean, we've watched Ellensburg teams in the Final Four face a guy that pitched for the University of or the pitch for Washington State, and then I think the guy ended up at University of Washington. But like throwing ninety some miles an hour, and all it took was a mental. And a, a a mental state, I guess, a grind to face that kind of guy, right? And anything can happen, right? This is the final four. This is the playoffs. And that's the kind of fun thing about baseball. Like you might have a dude that's going to go make a lot of money someday doing this, but people have bad days, and teams can make errors, and balls can find rocks that make weird hops. Um, Absolutely. And and you're getting down to the final. I mean, when you get down, we're talking the 2B level, um, you're talking about leagues that aren't stacked all the way through and you know, you can play bad and get away with it. But when you get down to the state level, you know, you start, you know, walking guys committing errors and next thing you know, you know, four or five runs that come across the board. It doesn't matter how good you are. You know, you, you might get a base hit, get a rally going, but these teams are good enough. Now you hit a ball to the shortstop, they're turning two and your innings over. Uh, something that may not have happened as much to you during league play. So it's, you got to bring it when you go to state baseball, even if you got dudes, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta bring it. Well, and you don't know when all of a sudden your bats that might be scoring 20 runs a game, you might be rocking balls right at dudes. Now you might not be hitting the gaps you've been hitting in the past. And next thing you know, you're having quick innings and their starters extended in the game. And then bam, that's how you lose games. You shouldn't lose in the playoffs. Well, and you, and you talk about weather, you know, rain start coming mile an hour gusts, and uh, you're gonna you're gonna see some guys, you know, who typically might be lively and out there, given everything, who are just bundled up, yeah. you know, long inning out in right field, and uh, they're missing a little bit of that energy, a little bit. It, a lot happens. Baseball is such a a sport that. Uh, you know, if some of these you line up basketball, you got your conditions are great. You know, physic physical. I can baseball's different. It's, it's just so different. And that two B final four is over there in Ridgefield on a super nice complex. I mean, it's it's top of the line. It's brand new. It's a West Coast League home field. And you're right. What if they? You know, you could start playing and a rainstorm hits and all of a sudden your ace sits for an over an hour and you can't throw him. Like, <laughs> right? Things. Are, it's it, weird. Yeah, it takes a little bit just to throw you off. Yeah, the mind game of what's going to go on. You know, uh, it's, that's mm-hmm. that's part of the fun of a 
of this whole thing. And you know, like we were talking off air that, you know, Sammy always went to the to the football championships in the Tacoma Dome and you know, we've been fortunate. I'm bummed that the two B's aren't in county stadium anymore, but my whole life growing up, you know, Coach Watkins would take us when he was coaching us. My dad and I would always go sit there and watch baseball all day long. And we saw the dynasty of DeSales do their thing and win championships for years. And it created a hate within a lot of people watching that team do that. Uh, <laughs> it was all the years of watching. I remember seeing Colfax when they were in the 1A's, when it was B1A. And I don't know if the 2A's were there, but I think it might have been just B's and 1A's. But anyways, it's a fun day. And either coming back with sunburnt knees from sitting there all day or coming back kind of soggy from a rainstorm that came through. And yeah, it's just fun. I don't know. Friday night, it's nice because – you know, you think about the way Washington State has their baseball playoffs. The first round is so cutthroat. They call it regionals, but it's the top 16 teams in the state tournament, right? So, I mean, what should be a double elimination for any other sport, they can't because of pitching and what forever, whatever reason they do what right. they've done. And so you lose, right, in the first round or the second game, you're done. It's a loser out day that gets from 16 teams to four in two games for a regional round. Yeah. Three games. It's regional. brutal. And you saw what's the number one seed to the lake. They, Almost lost to what Iwako or was it Brewster or somebody? Yeah, they lost, uh, they beat Iwako like, four to three. Four three. Yeah, right. And Who that that could have been the end of their season. Yeah. Till and no offense to Iwako, but like they're the 15th seed who got a, a birth from a five from a district that got five teams. Right. Right. So, it's yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wow. It's, it's crazy. Um, I guess do we want to jump into that now because I. I I can't get into some particulars of this, but we talk about, and there's been some things out there. I was fortunate enough to be on the seating committee this year for the, for the two B state tournament and the, how we, how things get seated. It's always interesting because you know, the WIA puts out the RPI rankings, right? Each week. And it's fun. I got caught up in it, you know, okay. Are they out yet this week? But then I finally realized that like it's in a computer system that as soon as Saturday games were over with, it had already been moved around and you knew who it was going after every game. It changes but they only post it once a week. Uh, but, and they, and they, I do like this. I like the human element of it. Uh, from fall to through all the sports, there's been committees seeding the state tournaments for the whole, every classification, every sport in the state of Washington. Um, first off, before I, what did you guys think about that before I dive into more of this? I like the human aspect of it a little bit because I think it hopefully – promotes a conversation about what a computer can't interpret. So, um, but that can also open up, there's just no perfect, there's no perfect remedy, but I think you have to have the human aspect to complement the RPI, whatever the ranking of the month is gonna be kind of thing. Um, I, so I'm, I'm okay with the human element if we have to override what a algorithm tells us. This, this is what I this is what I say for baseball. Sorry, and this might be slight tangent not answering your question, whatever. <laughs> but you take your top four teams. Go play or battle it out. I don't care if that's a loser out. Whoever wins that term is top seed, second, third, fourth, and then go throw them in there with everybody else, you know, rank it that way. I, it, it would ideally it'd be nice to, to be able to really get a test of like, who, who's the top seed? Who is the top team? You know, who, who, who played the best, who deserves to be that number one team. Um, and there's never going to be a way to tell. We talked about this with basketball. We, we here knew Ellensburg was really good at basketball. Your RPI didn't necessarily show it. Ellensburg girls basketball, uh, because of 
who on paper they played. They didn't necessarily play who the RPI thought was good teams. And it turns out that CWAC was much better than people thought in girls basketball. And uh, you're not going to be able to tell. It's not, you know, NCAA Division One where things are on TV and everybody gets to see everybody. Uh, you really need to play those games to figure it out. And I'm, I'm all for uh, the top teams competing against each other and figuring out who that is. But I don't, like you said, John, I don't think there's a perfect way to get it done. Especially when in our, in the level we're talking about, you don't have as many arms. Um, you got the logistics of like literal bus travel. And I know colleges have to deal with that too but not like two B's and one B's and two A's. And stuff like that. So there's just, just because of the logistics of not having enough time, money, arms, or, or I know there's colleges that don't, that don't have an equal playing field compared, like, you know, for every, for every uh, Oregon state baseball team, there's always a, you know, our sister of perpetual sorrow, junior college kind of thing that's never going to be competitive. So I get that. Um, and we're going to have that in the high school uh, uh, range as well. But I just, I'm looking at the, I'm looking at the, uh, the brackets right now. And I think they've done like when I'm looking at the Ellensburg two, two a bracket here, the little bit that I followed or the lot that I followed two a, I think the brackets are pretty good, you know, uh, there's a couple of things that I wish they would have done a little bit differently, but so far they've played out okay, except for number one ranked North Kitsap in the two A's. They got beat by White River. and um, So I, I don't know. I'm kind of rambling on. I meant to like piggyback <laughs> off of what you were saying there, Sammy, and already I bored everybody. But uh, um, there's no perfect way, especially when you have such a short period of time to do it. And, um, you know, not every high school has the same arms, you know, that's just the way it is. I would love to see it be a double elimination game and I get or a tournament. I guess now it is because the losers will still play for third, fourth, but man, it would have been cool to see, you know, other tournaments play, uh, play out a little differently. Well, and that's the hard part about, I don't know that you're right. I mean, like you talked about how like the, and the, when they seed the NCAA tournaments, well, they televise every game. And now it takes it, it takes a committee, and you hopefully you have committee members from. I mean, each league's represented in these committees, and you just hope that each league is like done their research on what should be like, and how. And I think the biggest problem for me was like, okay, how much emphasis do we put on a regular season? How much emphasis do we put on a district tournament? And how much emphasis do we know we put on, we know on about the people they have, right? And it was kind of it was interesting. I do like it though because I mean, I and like the you said the the one or two A's kind of played out right, and the B's I thought played out pretty good. Colfax was the biggest thing, but like the other hand, you know, it almost needs to. It'd be cool if the WIA would allow more games. I think that's the things that needs to happen. They need to allow more games to be played first off, and they should designate a weekend that teams cross over. Think about this. Stay with me. That it's a wild idea that I had no intentions of talking about now. But you know how they do the Pac-12 Big Ch- or Big 12 Challenge? Why won't the WIA allow a weekend where leagues can cross over with any league they want and the games maybe don't count against your schedule 
and and maybe that gives us the easier tell. And so the seating committee has such an easier because the RPI is not what it's about, right? It's 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 a tool that people were able to use so that they can try to seed things correctly. But imagine if we had a crossover weekend in the state. How much fun would that be? Be awesome. I think for the, I think for the teams who would utilize it to get looks, to utilize it to understand totally different leagues and stuff like that. Um, I think the the teams that are serious would really benefit from it. And I know, like, I mean, you you kind of do that yourself. You and your staff do that yourself, country, with bringing over. Colfax and and I know Forks decided not to come to the tournament at the last moment if I remember correctly, and was it Napa Vine was the yeah. third team, and so you scheduled at that time all three of those teams were in the top ten, yeah. and I was like, well, that's a really cool tournament, and I wish Forks could have made the yeah. Forks could have made the tournament, your your tournament and stuff like that, but now I'm looking at the the. The three teams, all three of those teams, I believe, were in the top 16 for yep. the first round. And if, uh, and if so, Colfax wouldn't have played Napavine in the first round, all three of those teams could have been in the Elite Eight. Like, Yeah. That would have yeah. been oh, – I wish that day exactly. would have happened. It was such a cold day, though. <laughs> it was miserable outside. But you're right. Like, yeah. why, why can't there be more emphasis on that in our state? It would give kids more games. I, I, think, I, I, th- I think any time – that your emphasis is to require the team to spend more money traveling kids right. around the state, it's going to be frowned upon. And so um, that it would be ideal. Um, I just, the logistics of it all. And, and you know, as you said, the season went by fast and yeah. uh, it, it's tough. Yeah. It is very tough. Because, yeah, you're right. Because also, especially in our league, it was decided in three weeks for the EWAC baseball Mm -hmm. and the way the scheduling worked out, which I don't agree with it, uh, with how they scheduled things. But like in two weeks, we had all our league double headers and to talk about that a little bit, if if that's okay with you guys, can I I talk a little bit about this? The EWAC West. Okay. So it came down to, uh, us, Goldendale and Cleelum. And I'll tell you what Cleelum and I love my guys. Right. And this is where it's kind of hard to talk about this, but Cleelum is a team of young guys that are going to be pretty darn good at base. They are really good at baseball. And for the people that came up to Cleelum on the day that we played them, they saw a heck of a day. It, we beat them in the ninth inning, so we played extra innings up there. It was an intense day. It was raining. It was awesome. And then game two, we won game two. But the fact of the matter is that this county, that the top two teams in this league have came from this county the back-to-back years. Just I, It was so much fun to be a part of that. And you got the Bogarts kid. It was a fun matchup of, of Caleb Bogarts going against Connor Coles on our side. And those two battled it out. And then when they got to their pitching limits, it was Max Deering and Blake Catlin that went at each other. And it was just such a fun day of baseball. And then uh, fortunately for us, we won it. But then we dropped our game in the loser out, which is a whole other story of how the AD scheduled things for us, which I, I'm still bitter about. Uh, but then you got to see the Clam. Warriors, they took care of business. They beat their they beat Riverview in their loser out game of districts, and then they went and uh, played prep close, and then they they beat um, Columbia Burbank to get into the state tournament, and then they went over all the way over to Adna High School, and honestly, they gave a they, they gave a Northwest Christian a, a game. It was eleven to five, but at least they they put up five runs against them, right? And and Coach Halverson's got a good thing going up there. 
I think that's going to be a pretty tough squad. I think the future of our rivalry game, which we still need to name, is if you next year, if the wind's not blowing right, it's going to be in Kittitas. Uh, I think all of the fans in our valley need to circle that one and, and make sure you get out to that game because there's a lot of good baseball and there's a lot of good baseball talent in our county. No, I, I, I think you're right. And, uh, uh, and, and not just like one year of good baseball. You talk about like the young warrior team and stuff like that. And uh, the last two years has come from our county, from the 2B level of our, of our side of the league. Same thing with the Holmesburg, them having, what, three state titles and a second place title in the last eight years, mm-hmm. looking to add another one this year. I mean, there's some incredible Kittitas County baseball talent. Oh, yeah. And then you look at the softball matchup. They split and they were co-league champs. The, I, mm-hmm. I, we almost, yeah, we need to plan something big for those days. But uh, it, it was awesome. And unfortunately, Cleom and, and the roles reversed, right? Cleom softball lost in districts and Kittitas. Coach Phillips got to keep that streak alive with the state tournament, which is what, 15 years now, 14 years now? He listens. He'll tell me. He'll text yeah. me and tell me I'm wrong. But um, and that's awesome. And, the, and the, they did reformat the two Bs, it looked like, so that they do have to play a loser out game to get in. And maybe it's always been like that, and I just am not aware. But um, it'll be fun to watch them, see how they do. They got an early game on Friday, I believe. And, uh, yeah. Yeah, uh, for Friday at 10 a.m., taking on Forks for uh, for Kittitas Thorpe. I got to say it the way that WIAA says it, Kittitas Thorpe, I guess. Uh, and then Ellensburg plays at noon against Shadle Park. Uh in Sela, so Yakima Sela, you could actually swing both of those tournaments. Yeah, that's actually Ellensburg's got a. There's gonna be no one in Ellensburg on Friday because you got the Bulldog baseball playing at 10 a.m. Right? Yes, 10 a.m. Yep. Then you got softball playing. What did you just say? It at 12 o'clock. Oh, not. Yeah. That's a good time to go to Fred Myers and get your shopping done. It's Friday morning this week, guys. Yeah, hey, I don't go to Fred Meyer anymore. That's why. Side topic. We'll get into that. But I'm with you. Not a sponsor. Uh, no. Not a sponsor. Won't ever be a sponsor. That's right. Sorry. Sorry. I got hard feelings. He's bitter. But I'm okay with it. It's our podcast. We do whatever we want. But no, it's exciting times, man. I think it's a, it's going to be fun scoreboard watching and see who's going on and how many times you can refresh the brackets on your phone. Right. Oh, right. Yeah. Right. Right. All the time. All the time. It was a for me on Saturday. It was a roller coaster of emotions of bitterness. Oh, it's going to be okay, and all around. And then, like as soon as the first game was over, I'm like refreshing. Why has anybody put any scores in the brackets yet? And then about <laughs> after the one o'clock game, I'm like why? Why are they taking forever? And then, then it was like seven o'clock at night, and I was just like, oh, who's gosh? You guys got anything else you want to? Are we are we officially giving up on the Mariners? <laughs> no, uh, uh, I'm not giving up. Um, but I'm also not shocked and surprised. So I didn't let myself get to a point where I had so much hope that I'd be sad and disappointed right now. But I do still have hope. Uh, we were talking earlier, they're only, you know, four games and a half games out of playoffs. So uh, it's so early in the season to be so down about your team's performance. Uh, it, there's plenty of room to, to uh, put things back together. And they got some people coming off injuries. Lewis and Hanniger and uh, at some point, hopefully, and can change a lot of things. But they need to play better baseball. That's first and foremost. I uh, 
I'm frustrated by it, but I mean, we're Mariners fans. That's being redundant by saying we're frustrated, right? <laughs> I mean, 2001 was a long time ago in what last year and was it 2003 where we were players until the very end. Mm-hmm. I mean, we live and die of frustration. We die by frustration. So I'm frustrated. Uh, if I'd be more frustrated if last year's heroics didn't happen because we saw a glimpse, you know, and on paper it looked like we really uh, were going to, uh, you know, we, we tried to build the, the, uh, the roster to be competitive rather than to be, you know, liquidated around the, the trade deadline and stuff. So I don't know. I just, I just get, uh, I mean, depending on who you follow on Twitter, it needs to be a, a, a fire sale or hey, let's <laughs> hang on here. It's not even Memorial Day weekend, you know. We're getting close, you know but what, it's not Memorial Day. You know what gives me the most hope? This is what it, watching baseball for a long time. They always have those surprising teams that everybody's predicting is going to have a great year. And everybody's predicting the Mariners would be a contender, right? Everybody. And it's one of those where it might be, we were just a year too soon. We were just a year too soon. And next year we'll, you know, or the second half of this year. or So I think, you know, typically most of those analysts aren't that wrong where they pick a team to be great and they end up seller dwellers. Um <laughs> And if that happens, usually that next year, it's like, oh, this is the team we thought. And so I have that hope. And like, I feel like this team, where it is, has what it takes to be really good. And so please don't fire sale. Uh, it's too soon. So, too soon. Yeah, it's not like it's mid-August and we're 20 out. No. We got to this point by fire sailing, so that would just be putting us back a little bit. I'm not ready for that. I will say, in the uh, the national the, of radio shows you listen to, right, uh, it did start with Mariners have the best prospects, the Mariners are going to be good this year, and I just heard for the first time the Mariners be their name of, are they going to be the first team that fires their manager? <laughs> and I was like, well, we've already gotten there in May, <laughs> so that's good. But it's frustrating, and, and like – and as frustrated as people get about Kelnick, right? But we also have Julio Rodriguez. We have Logan Gilbert. And if George Kirby pans out, that's three out of four. That's that's a pretty you know, good ratio. About, so there have been, like, good – I mean, every sport has it. But for some reason, baseball has just always been a little bit more romantic for me. But you mentioned, like, Kirby. So, like – Let's talk about the little things that like put wind in your sails. So Mother's Day, first time he's starting, he's got 20 of his family in the stands. He gets the W. I'm like, oh my gosh. So not everything is bad. He had a great game on Mother's Day at home for his first game ever, I believe, and at least in the pros, obviously. And so like that kind of stuff, I mean, does that replace a, a pennant? No. But there's little glimmers of hope, you know. The one, the, the game that we were at um, for the CWU night there. Um, I mean, just so it's fun. And I know it doesn't do wins and losses, but I think the fan experience at at the cell at T-Mobile Park is, is awesome. I still think that 
I still think that Seattle just loves baseball and the organization is trying to do whatever it can to keep fans engaged. But um, I, I, I don't know. We just needed to get to wins and losses or we need to get some more wins and losses. Yeah. I'm starting to feel like a, we're in a bad relationship, right? <laughs> Things are going to go. Okay. It's, it's, and it's then it does it. It's an abusive relationship. It's a. It, 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 it's, it it's an abusive it, uh, an relationship. Abuse. <laughs> yes. Yes. Oh. It's. These are just metaphors to our listeners. <laughs> we are all very happily married. A hundred percent. I I do want to point that out. Like yes, everything's good, right? But it, but the Mariners no. That relationship's not good. Right, they're just no, it's not. And what do we? And we can't go fire if we go fire selling now. We're back where we were three years ago, and then we were there right. three we're, years we're ago before that. Backstab, you know, hoping to, no, don't fire. That'd be stupid. We got, we got pieces. It's just, uh, it could be yeah. worse. We could be the hundred percent. Oh, they're horrible. <laughs> the Reds are so bad. They pitch a no hitter and still lose yeah can you believe that <laughs> how can that happen that is amazing that is oh. amazing that's how bad <laughs> aren't they on pace for like 116 losses or something like that that's terrible yeah they well, should get the entire first round in the draft <laughs> yeah yeah i got no words i got no words okay so as we start to wrap this thing up, you just got hired, and your your name tag now says Jerry Depoto. What do you What do you do? Who do you go get? Who are you trading? Change my name tag for one. <laughs> my name this, this is what This is what I feel. I I'm patient to All Star break. I don't I don't know what that piece is because I don't really know what I have right now. I know what I thought I had. Uh, but until I see, until I see, okay, okay, you don't know what you're working with. It, it, I don't think we're working with a team that's that you know games away from being the worst team in the American League. And so, I'm not pulling any triggers till I know one what I'm getting rid of, and two how that piece I'm receiving is going to fit into what I have because I still don't know how that's going to work. So I, I think he has to be patient. I you know there's no major moves to get you know but then again if the right thing comes knocking at your door you know, I wouldn't turn it down well who's going to be healthy go searching. yeah like, that's pretty much what I was going to say but on the flip side of you don't know what you're getting rid of but my take would be I don't know what people what other teams could give up um I I I mean, if, if we're a GM or or we got scouts and stuff like that, obviously we're this is a you know living and breathing twenty four seven three sixty five industry, so we would know a little bit. But yeah, you, I mean, maybe you know, uh, maybe we get Jared back up from the AAA and he's fine. Maybe Hanniger comes back and whenever that is, I don't know. I don't know. Um, maybe. Julio bumps the average up even more. I, I don't know. I don't. I or maybe Kelnick's another Zanino who sucks and ends up going to having a decent career with Tampa Bay. I used Dustin Ackley 
instead of Zanino for that yeah. analogy today. Yeah, yeah, fair, 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 <laughs> fair. absolutely fair, absolutely fair. Exactly, or Zanino, uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, right. Brian Franklin. A lot of people that yeah, play for the go Mariners. Down the, yeah, <laughs> yeah, go down the list. Go down the list. Uh, well, that's a very good point. And I guess as you're starting to think about that, and what John was naming off those guys, now I'm thinking like, well, shoot, if they're healthy. And then I keep saying, and if they start producing, but the word, the problem with what I just said is the word if, because we don't know. Yeah, yeah. Han- Hanniger's proven Mitch himself. Off energy. Lewis has proven himself for, but he didn't play all that. Like they're both been hurt. Right, he could take him a whole nother year to be back to himself. And Lewis's year that he was a stud, it was only sixty games because of the COVID. Yeah, we're just a bunch of walking so injuries just, waiting to happen. Well, it's it's just there's a lot of unknown that that. Uh, I think you just, if you believe in what you did, the players that you have, you have to let it unfold. Yeah. I, at least we have the tools that have a hope and there's a possibility that there could be good. I do like the, or who's our second baseman leadoff guy right now. And then we got Ty France killing it. I mean, he's one of the top hitters. He's balling. Ty France is balling. Which you don't want to meet that guy on the street in a street brawl because he's, he's, he's a very strong man. I want to meet him if I need help. You want him on your side, right? Absolutely. Adam Frazier, that's our guy. He's doing well, too. So, yeah. I don't know. That was a good pickup. That was a good pickup. Yeah. But you're also going to probably have to trade for a guy because you can't sign guys because they don't want to come to Seattle. God, why are we fans? <laughs> it's like saying, why are you a Cougar fan? I, that I've never figured I know, out. You I said that one, Yeah, exactly. Walked into that one. The Cougar fan because... <laughs> For every 10 years of bad things, and we get the Minshew year, no, which was absolutely I incredible. Are, I are Cougar fans because they're raised as losers. And oh to accept God. that, that's my problem. Okay, Don James. Button? Where's your mute button? <laughs> <laughs> it's a fact. No. Okay. Yeah. I will say, Bitter Boulevard also happened when they finally announced this week or last week that the Pac-12 is now no longer going to do divisions. It's going to be the best record. And the Cougars and That's the Huskies good. would have been that year in the Pac-12 championship game that with Minshew. Awesome. So that would have been awesome. another reason why Larry Scott was a good decision to get rid of him. Right. I, I like the idea of the – I like the idea of changing the tournament uh, or the, the standings to dictate the tournament. Um and I think with college football, they're in such a scramble. The, um, I mean, that's going to only be good for a few years until some new trend comes along. And again, I just think it's that is just a way to stay competitive with the SEC, the mm-hmm. professional league of the SEC. Uh, <laughs> I mean, uh, if that just, if, yeah, you see, you see yeah. all the you also the craziness coming out of there with Stephen yeah. and Jimbo Fisher. Oh, oh give me more! Jamie. I want to watch. Give me my popcorn. I'll watch it all. I'm with yeah, you. Yeah, you know, I, I didn't get to. I didn't get to hear what he said. I mean, I read about what he said, but is he long wrong? story short? Saban just said Jimbo Fisher bought all his players, not for cheating, just the NLI in that. But isn't that? It's I mean, legal the, now. There's a negative connotation to that, but it's not illegal. So, no. What's the matter with I that? I think I think Saban is in uh, 
a part of the group of people that hate the NIL and think it's bad for college sports. And I think he's voicing his opinion while he still has some power. And I agree with yeah. him. Yeah. 100%. Like, and totally that's, get that's, it's, yeah, it, well, I, I, the way they have it, I, I don't know how to manage it. But when they opened that door, I was like, this is going to be bad because the, we talked about it on here. The, the rich are going to get richer. The better teams, the better conferences, the ones that can offer the most money, you're going to get the best. And those kids are going to end up as juniors and seniors at some other school. Uh, but they got their money, whether they care. That's that's the thing that there's gonna for the elite players, there's gonna be no four year starters. Or the guys who are elite and they can skip their senior year, there's gonna no I mean, there's not gonna be three year starters at the same school because they'll just leave, right? To the next size bidder. It's just gonna take it's gonna be a revolving door. The number one recruiting class this year with Texas A and M. Next year, heck, it could be Oklahoma or Texas or Alabama. It's whoever's gonna cough up the most money and make the best deal. Uh, for the, for those kids coming in, and so it's uh, there's the game has changed, and I think Nick Saban hates the fact that the game has changed because he's a master at the old game, right? And the playing field can get even, even in terms of Talent. who might be the best team now, right? But it's not going to be a, a even playing field where Washington State's going to go in a national championship. Hey, we're a U-Dub couple millionaire alumni away U- from that. U Dub is not going to go win a national championship anytime in the near future if this is the way college sports is going to go. Yeah. I will say if there's a couple millionaire Cougar alumni all of a sudden that become billionaires, they're going to put their money into the program. Yeah, but they've got to become billionaires to make that happen. That's a good point. Because going to Pullman or, you know, the SEC is going to get everybody from coast to coast. That's where the money's at. And Texas has got oil. They got they got deep pockets over there in Texas. And they want to win. And, Alabama, and Saban knows he can't compete with that. He can't compete with that. Even at Alabama, he can't compete with what Texas a can get for a kid in the NIL. Just the way it is. And he's, he sees that coming, and he's frustrated. Yeah. And he's upset. And if he can change it at any point, he'll do it. But he, at this point, once, it's also, once they open that box, there's not much you can do. He's also on the twilight of his career. I mean, isn't he 70-ish? He's up there. Absolutely, yeah. So maybe he personally – I mean, he's going to be a fan and he'll be uh, on TV and stuff like that as a broadcaster or – some sort of opinion spokesperson or, or talking yet, Correct. but he won't have to worry about that as a coach for very much longer. Um, no, he'll be able to speak his mind, and that's when you really get to hear. Even more so, yeah. Right. So, but I do think that you make a good point. I think I think the, the, the school in the West, as much as I, and I'm a, as much as I like the Cougs and I like the Huskies as well, but I I think everybody is going to be going up against USC, even Oregon. I mean, USC will have California money, California weather, um, California everything. Right. And I, I love Pullman, right? But Pullman in January during a recruiting visit, 
or USC in January during a recruiting visit. Right. Whew. Either that or Pullman's going to have to be offering money to people that uh, aren't getting that money offered to them anywhere else. Right. Exactly. You know, just to compete, just, just, just to be able to compete, uh, it put, put on a good show. And it's the same, it's going to be the same thing for, for a lot of the teams in the Pac-12. The, I'm sure, I'm sure that there seems in the Big 12, they're just like, yeah, I don't know what the hell we're going to do. You know, you can put your best foot forward, but you're still going to be getting, uh, yeah, it's wild. And you think about, they're putting out that money to get the guy that's going to be the starting five-star. We're putting up the money to get the guy that's probably going to be that team's five-star that we're going to develop, or that team's three or four guy, and we're going to develop him to be a five-star by the time he graduates. Or you basically basically say to that person, hey, we'll see you in two years and you transfer over here. Yeah. Because because you're not getting the playing time you wanted there, and the money's great, but. Come be a cook. Come be come be a cook. <laughs> yeah, good cheese. That should be the slogan. That's oh, yeah. you're welcome. But well, guys, I'm excited next week. I hope to see your beautiful faces in person, not over the Zoom computer. Even though John's in outer space and I'm in the Northern Lights, and Sammy had a real good flexing guy in the background of his Zoom screen. Uh, I wish our fans could see this, but I'm just gonna pitch it. I haven't. We haven't asked him. We're going to ask him, and there's a pretty good possibility we're going to have a Hall of Famer on the podcast next week. Not going to say who it what? is. Just saying. Hall of Fame. What? So we're going to trap Tim him. Duncan? Does he have a choice? No. Don't give him a choice. Paparazzi will show up at his door with a microphone if we have to. But, hey, I'm excited for it. It's going to be a good one. And uh, a good luck to all the local teams out there in the state tournament this weekend. Definitely. Maybe, maybe there will be some hardware coming home. I don't know. You've got to hope. Yeah. I believe so. That's going to be a good time. Get down there to the Yakima area. Luckily, it's all close drive, so take a day off work if you have to and get down there and go watch. Until next time, hopefully next week we're talking about a few championships, another one coming home for maybe an Ellsberg school. Maybe Coach Phil. Maybe Coach Phil wins a trophy and comes home and cuts his hair. We'll throw that out there. No. <laughs> we're putting the hair on the line. He wins this. He wins a title. Cutting He's coming hair. off. All right. Take care, everybody. If you circle the square, you've seen it all. There's no quick fix for a broken heart when everybody knows who you are. The Kittitas Valley Sports Talk Podcast is part of the Big Country Media Podcast Network. Please check out all episodes anywhere you can get your podcast. And for you iTunes listeners, please rate and review our podcast. Check us out and follow for all your local sports updates on YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Kittitas Valley Sports Talk. The official music of Kittitas Valley Sports Talk is brought to you by Austin Jenks. Please go check him out and all of his great music anywhere you can stream music. Oh.